Oh, Rick, it's so nice to be here with you. Are you feeling warm and fuzzy like me? Yes, I have some tea and trumpets. Oh, with lemon. That's nice. And prune juice. And prune juice? Oh, the prune juice. Oh, Rick, you will be having problems camping out in the basement, in the bathroom, in a few hours because of that prune juice. You will be making... You'll be making sounds like... Watch out! down here and we are going to record uh, a heavy duty session. Uh, I think it's really important. I thought it was so important that uh, I decided that I better uh, drag my original co-host, Richard White, into the session because really when I thought about it, there was no one else that could nail a session like this except for Richard White. I'm getting all these nostalgic feelings, Richard. It seems so old school. And you talk that way so well. I know, huh? It's so <laughs> phony that you talk that way so well. Oh, that sounds some tape. So, pass me over the crumpets. <laughs> and the prune juice. Oh, you have to stay away. I'm kind of stopped up with the moment for a moment, and I'm not having a nice bad movement. <laughs> I'm not... Oh, yeah! All right! We're down here. We're pounding the old anvil. And we, um, right now we are live, and the only reason we are live is because, I don't know, um, I really like the way, I really like the way that the recording software in, uh, the, uh, broadcasting software that producer Rick gave me, I really like the way it records. So, uh, we are live, but we are actually, um, engaged in an actual numbered Iron Show prop. Iron Show proper. This is not uh, Iron Show Live, but uh, rather a recording session of Iron Show proper. This is Iron Show 45, Love, Not Hate. And I would like to welcome everybody. I would like to give a shout out to all the listeners out there. I want to thank you for supporting us. And, uh, I would just like to say, I'd just like to say thank you for, um, for being there. I thank you for all your emails. Thank you for your support. And, uh, I just wanted to say that we, we on the Iron Show, 
me and Rick have been in your ear now for four years. Four years! This is our four-year anniversary, baby. Yes, the Iron Show has been in your ear for four years. I remember how it all started. Me and Rick were down there on the World of Prophecy, worldofprophecy.com. And uh, Rick was uh, went by the username Lions for Jesus. And I remember I started a thread on the World of Prophecy entitled, Jesus is was big, tough, ugly, and scary looking. Hey, you and, know, Johnny, I read that the other night. Did you really? Yeah, I went kind of through the whole post because uh, uh, Sue's... Hey, Sue's! I've been on there in a while, and it just kind of—I just loved it. It was just—you um, know—I got some people agreeing with me, you know, because I really think Jesus was like Conan. He was like big, tough, just monster of a guy. And uh, you know, uh, my friend Louis Knutson, when I first came to Jesus back in 1985, saved on a in a snake bite Pentecostal church, he had this study that he had done about what Jesus really looked like, and he had all these things to back him up, all these scriptures. And uh, he came to the conclusion that Jesus was a big, tough, ugly, scary-looking guy. Um, and the reason was because, you know, from Isaiah, it says he was not beautiful to look at, not beautiful as men would count, beauty, beauty. So Louis thought that he was kind of rather, you know, kind of, kind of homely looking, you know. I think he was cool looking, like you know, Jewish cool, like Getty Lee. I think he looked kind of like Getty Lee. Getty Lee's small though. Getty Lee's tall. Getty Lee's like six foot four. Isn't he? Yeah, he's skinny, but he's really tall. He's really yeah. Getty Lee's a big guy actually. Not big, muscle big, but tall big. We're on the train to Bang. Oh, sorry. Aboard the Thailand Express. We'll yeah. hit the stops. We only stop for the band. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. All right. Wait a minute. What? Wait. Wait. Wait, Wait. for it. Uh-oh. Johnny. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. What? 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 Four. Red. Tape. Red. Tape. There you go. All right. I like it. All That's right. a new song I haven't sent you yet. Oh, cool. Yeah, you gotta flick me that one. That's one. That's, that's radical. Yeah, that's me at the best what's up material. Like, what? Ah! Oh, yeah. Man, that's cool. Is that you? All these years, yeah, all these years practicing, you know, the last four years practicing with the Iron Show with the what's ups, it actually made me have a, actually, 
an intricate no should I say not not say intricate what what word can I use Johnny um complex no um cultured it's, it's, cultured it's that death metal cultured like metal. a pearl like a like a manufactured pearl, pearl. slowly it, cultured yeah, you got to drink a lot of prune juice you really do yeah, you, really you have do. to and actually to get to uh you know you really got to I like you know, the way you sing, Rick. Isn't that kind of crazy? It just... That song is called Red Tape. And we know what that's about. Red Tape? It's only like a minute, 22 seconds long. What's up? It makes me want to break something. That's it. That's the end of the song. I love that song. Oh, do you really there, oh, Johnny? I want to break something so bad. What can well, I do? Well, go ahead and do it. And I'll just sit here admiring the breakingness. It's just that every, everything here around me is so expensive. And don't break anything yet there, Johnny Boy. Plus, we'll we'll go off the air if I break something. Oh, oh it's Rich Don't break any, Sean. <laughs> Don't break anything. My dad used to say, saying so when he did that, I would just run. <laughs> he used to say, "Don't just stand there like that." All he would do is like institute a Charlie horse. Oh, Ooh, my dad used to throw me like a football and bounce me off the wall. He never hit me. He just threw me. Yeah, my dad never hit me, but he would like knee me or punch me in the arm. <laughs> my dad would hit me, but the punch in the arm, you understood because that's that's a man thing, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, when my dad bounced me off a wall from like that was ten feet away, I understood that. Yeah, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, you, I think you had to. <laughs> I used to just like tea and prune juice. I just <laughs> oh, Rick. a little lemon. Oh, a little lemon. Just a little lemon <laughs> for the, the slipperiness <laughs> of the. <laughs> What's up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> With a, I can't do it like you. That's just classic. With a little lemon. <laughs> All right, hey, we are down here to do a historic iron show. 
the the title of this Iron Show is Iron Show Forty Five. Let me do that once. <laughs> Let me do that once again for the edit. The title of this session is Iron Show Forty Five: Love, Not Hate. And uh, this is uh, going way back in history. Me and Rick are going to play this for you, and we're going to um, we're going to stop the recording when one of us wants to say something. So we're going to hang out with this, listening to this session, stopping it, talking about it, you know, and. Uh, because this is really important, you know. Um, it's always been the mission of the Iron Show to reach out to the wild boys and the wild girls. And, you know, um, the, uh, the, the homosexual listeners, uh, you know, they're wild too. And uh, they are not excluded from the love of Jesus. Um, um, you know, if I read my Bible correctly, um, it says it's an abomination. I guess that's a sin. Um, I wonder if they're sort of like the abominable snowman. I wonder if like if you're gay, you're like, um, what's the name of the abominable snowman? The, um, uh, Yeti. there's Yeti, Yeti. <laughs> hey, maybe it's not a sin. Maybe you're just like Yeti. I don't know. That's probably reaching pretty far. But you know what? Jesus loves the, he loves the man. He loves the man. Jesus doesn't like the sin. I'm going to tell you what. You know, doing the homosexual, you know, radical acts, you know, like they do. That's, uh, you know, that's not the man. That's, that's the action. That's the sin, you know, and it, you know, there's a lot of other sins out there committing adultery, you know, beating down on people, you know, um, lying, cheating, stealing, going on wicked power trips, you know, and it's all, it's all sin, but let me tell you what. <laughs> but uh you know um the iron show um you know we uh we love you guys out there the listener and we don't care it's you know let me I, let me let me speak personally from just Johnny and a bunch of sinners too <laughs> yeah we are a bunch of sinners baby oh yeah sinners saved by grace thank god for jesus cuz we would have no hope if it wasn't for jesus we would have, I mean, there would be no, um, no hope, no hope, no hope. No religion, no, what, what did, what did John Hey, Rick, say? you're like really weak in the mic. What did you do? Step away into the bathroom oh, with your prune pr- pr- juice? Get close. Get up there, buddy. Right here, boy. Oh, that's it right there, baby. What? Whoa, yeah. But, uh, you know what? If you're gay listening to the Iron Show, Rick and Johnny, we love you. And let me just speak personally, just me. This isn't Rick. I don't know. I'm going to let Rick speak on this after I'm done. But you know what? I mean, personally, me, Johnny, I really don't care what you do in your bedroom. I know that Jesus cares probably what you're doing in your bedroom, uh, if it's wrong anyway. Um, and for that, we would have to go to the Bible we would we wouldn't want to consult Johnny because I don't pretend on how to tell you to live. You know, God will tell you how to live. Jesus will tell you how to live. That's not uh, something that I do personally. So I really don't care what you. If you're gay, I really don't care what you're doing. It's none of my business, and I'm not offended by it. Um, I'm a longshoreman, so I'm really not offended by anything. So if you're gay out there, uh, you don't offend me. And, uh, you know, uh, but you, you might think that, um, the church would cast you out 
And there probably are a lot of churches that would turn you away if you want to continue to be to be gay and be in the church. Um, I'm sure that is true. But Jesus will never turn you away. Um, you need to get with Jesus, and Jesus will change your heart from the inside out. Rick, what do you? How do you feel personally about the subject after having me tell my point? Sin is sin, and there, there's no way to describe it. Uh, sin distorts the brain. It distorts nature. It distorts everything that uh, is who you are as a human being. For first of all, you have to come to the conclusion that what were you born as, you know, and what was your sex that you were born as. And first of all, you know, uh, that's where it comes to you, and that's what the, you know. Truth has no agenda. So if you're a man or a woman, they're caught up into this lifestyle. Is this life, you know, lifestyle truly nature? And not to be, you know, there's nothing condemning what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just, I'm now using science. I'm not using religion. I'm not using anything else. I'm not going to go there just yet. But I'm going to say that we all, every single human being, were born in sin. And this, as it says, is just as sin came into to the world, by one man, so all have sinned. And so whatever the sin is, and you know, I know some of you don't think, oh well homosexuality is not a sin. This is just this is how I feel, this is you know, who I am. This is I was born this way, or whatever you you could say. I don't think many were born heroin addicts, and I don't think anybody was born uh anything. An adulterer or an adulterer or anything that we we were all born into sin and sin distorts. And at the moment, at the moment before you foam at the mouth and in your brain, continue that the church is not against you. You know, first of all, Jesus is not against you. How could he be possibly against you? Uh, Of course, God does not like sin. And if you don't see Jesus as God yet, well, there's some more learning that you have to do. But my answer to this is, let me quote something for you, because my opinion doesn't matter. And I'll just let scripture speak for itself. So I'm just going to use this real quick. And it's going to be a couple of verses down. So hopefully that you're not yawning when I'm finished. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts. This is John chapter 8, verse 2. And he sat around to teach them. And the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, this is like the church of that time or the synagogue, brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of idolatry, which is sexual sin or sexual immorality. All of the above, homosexuality, uh, pedophilia, Whatever sexual it is, you know, that you're not married to be between a man and a woman. And Jesus said to her, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses commanded us to stone or to put to death such women or people. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing Jesus. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. 
when they kept on questioning him, like religious zealots, these are my emphases, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, at what Christ said, those who heard began to go away and at once, at one time, the older ones first until Jesus was left. That means they all left, dropped their stones and their swords and their guns and whatever, you know, they didn't have them back then, but you get the picture. And it was just Jesus and that person standing there who was in sin. And Jesus said to her, or that to that person, woman or man, where are they that accuse you? Has no one condemned you? Is there anybody left that condemns you? And she says to him, or him, put yourself in this position. There's no one here that accuses me of this. Then he says to her, out of mercy and grace, understanding sinners, then neither do I condemn you. Then he says at the end, go now and leave your life of sin. And that's it. That's all you need to know. Thank you. There's nothing more powerful than that. If you do not think that what you're in, in a natural, sexual immorality is unnatural. God didn't create sex for, you know, that type of pleasure to be outlast, to be all over the place, and to do what we've been doing now where there's abortion, where there's all kinds of things in the world, adultery, soap operas, all kinds of things, conflicts, even wars happen because of sexual immorality. Kings, you know, somebody sleeping with their daughter and another king's prison. You know, if you look in history, this has happened. And for the homosexual, that's part of it too. You know, and if you say God is a cruel God for the way you want to have your affection, what you think is love, but love knows no unnaturalness or adultery or... It doesn't see men and men sleeping with each other, or women, women sleeping with each other. There are men and there are women. This is fact. This is 100%. There is male humans and female humans. Period. <laughs> They're not, there's no asexual human beings anywhere. You could say, oh, what about hermaphrodites? Oh, what about this? Oh, what about that? Uh, come on. <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, Jesus, have mercy on this poor boy. We just like we're like, and then we like we just hit the brakes. We're just gonna hit the brakes, man. It's like, okay, all right, all right, okay. So, <laughs> what's up? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! And then we hit the brakes.
right, so uh, here we are. Oh, yeah! So here we are. Um, we're going to listen to... Uh, let me cue, let me tell let me give you the background on this. We're gonna we're going to be listening to an ancient session with me and Tim Kilkenny of Revelations Radio News. That's uh hey, Revela- the Kilkenny <laughs> Tim Kilkenny. What a guy. Oh yeah. Don't kill me, Kilkenny. But uh so anyway, um uh Tim Kilkenny went on later to become famous. As the host of uh, Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman, which I listen to every week. And uh, it's at revelationsradionews.com. And it's also available on revelationsradionetwork.com. And, of course, the Revelations Radio Network feed, which has all the great shows. And Tim Kilkenny is running the Revelations Radio Network for uh, Chris White. So that's Chris White's um, big site, and uh, he started that a long time ago. But before Tim Kilkenny got famous, me and him all used to hang out all every Wednesday night practically. And anyway, so here we are back in ancient history, me and Tim, and we're hanging out. And we're, you know, doing a session, and uh, we get a very interesting caller from San Diego. Now let me cue this up for you. It's my hometown. Yes, it is. That's another reason I got you here. So, uh, so here we were. Here we were, uh, me and Tim, back in ancient history, doing a session, and we get a very interesting caller. Here you go. No, I've, I mean, I was hanging out in county jails. I never heard it hang out in, like, death row or anything like that. But, yeah, I, I've been to jail before. I know I know what it's like. I've never been to, like, the prison, you know, the penitentiary before, so that's a little different. But, yeah, but San Diego jails uh, I don't know if it's Brother Man, but somebody wants to talk. Okay. Let me, here we go. Let's take this call. We're, like, over the three-hour mark. We're just I know. going, I guess. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Call, are you there? Hello? Hello. Hey, this is Ted from San Diego. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Okay. Where you guys where I just came across this site on the web on the web. Where are you guys located at? Oh, we're all over the world, man. Yeah. All right. West well West. I, I got a, this is about the ministry and about finding Jesus, right? Okay. Yeah. Well well I have a story to tell if I can if that's okay. Sure. Sure. Well, um, I got in some bit of trouble, and uh, I ended up going to actual state prison for a while when I lived in Kansas. Okay. And I went in there as uh, Jehovah's Witness. I went in. Uh, I got into a brawl, which is I know it was against all the teachings to do that, but I got into a brawl, and I ended up hurting the guy bad. And I ended up... um, uh, sending in the hospital so bad that I went to jail for it for attempted murder. And sorry, this is just really hard to talk about still. Um, and while I, this is where the crisis of the church and crisis of conscience comes into play because I was in jail for five and a half years. Um, well, when I was in jail, I became. Um, associated with uh, somebody I was there with uh, as in a relationship, and I decided that this relationship was more important 
been um, my religion um, that I ended up getting into a life in jail of drugs and lots of, um, well, I'm not going to get many details, but it was, I got into the, the gay scene in jail a lot, which involved drugs and, and fighting and everything. And I became a different person, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, once I got out, um, I wanted to return to the church, but uh, in a way, I kind of discovered that I was, in fact, a homosexual, um, and it took going to jail to kind of bring that out of me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's hard for me now to kind of reacclimate myself with the, well, I was shunned for a lot of years, but uh, some people gave me a second chance, and I'm trying to start fresh out here on the West Coast. Um, okay. But it's hard to um, find, you know, because of my trying to get back into religion and trying to get off the drugs. I, enter, I, I exited state prison with, uh, with an addiction to um, form of heroin. And also, okay. um, which was... All right. Rick's got something to say. First of all, that I realized that the things that he said is drugs, right? Yeah. Under the influence. Drugs and homosexuality after that. They are mostly, okay, I'm going to say mostly, I'm not going to say all, mostly two and two that are put together is why usually the behavior starts to absorb into, you know, especially for a male and a female that uh, they... You know, sex and drugs, baby. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It, it always comes from that. It usually yeah. like not always, but a lot. No, of times. not not. No, it's a small percentage. You know, or actually, it's a larger percentage. Yeah, large percentage, uh, it, but it's not. There's always, no, but yeah, it's not complete. No, you're right, though. I mean, he got into no. the drugs, and then while he's high, of course, the sex and really appealed to him in prison. And the sex really appealed to him, probably on the drugs, and because you're not and then, thinking straight, you know, and it makes you more drugs make you more flesh masturbation, yeah, kinds of things. You know, we we every human being goes through this, and that that's what you know. Some take a harder stance, and they, they get a little bit more extreme, kind of like the Westboro Baptist Church. Those oh that yeah, cult, it's a cult, yeah. And, you know, God hates fags, which is, oh, come on. It yeah, that's so God wrong. Is, that's so you know, wrong. It's just, I mean, you don't, it's like saying God hates sinners. And what does that do to help the church? Nothing. No, but they're not. They're a cult and. Yeah, but how does most, that help make Jesus look most people good? people don't read, they don't, they don't read the Bible. They don't actually read, sit down and read the Bible. And if they did, most people, if they did, in their lives, instead of just letting their opinions rise and all this other stuff, they would probably realize a lot of things in their life. All they have to do is just start reading it and say, okay, I'm going to make a commitment just to read it and to read it slowly. Not read it like you go through it, but read it because, you know, the Bible is one of the – here, let me say this so, people, you know, Christians understand. You know, the Bible is one of the worst books to ever read. You know why? It's hard because, to understand. It tells the truth. You no, know, it 
you know, it tells the truth. It makes you focus on what reality really is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the it, only book in the world. There's no other book, no Jehovah's Witnesses, no Book of Mormon, no Koran, nor, uh, you know, and for you Muslims, no Koran. It explains reality, which is if, huge. If you read it, it is so – it doesn't cut anything out. It doesn't – it most – I don't understand why most preachers will not t- tackle the subjects that are very hard. There is so much strange and abnormal things in Scripture that, you know, people don't even realize how abnormal and strange is. Of course, some go off on a, a you know, offend with some of the things that are in there. And they go off on other, you know, imaginations. But if you just read it, you're like, oh, my gosh. I mean, people are like... A woman with and she's going to start eating her children. What? What is that? First Chronicles. What? You know, and you just sit there and you think, uh, oh yeah, there's cannibalism you know, and all kinds of stuff. What was your What was your point there? <laughs> the point was. It seems like you went off the rails there. <laughs> I had to. I had to go a little bit. So the point was that uh, this person it was one way. He was Jehovah's Witness. And, you know, he had, he had a religious background and he knew who he was. He knows who he was as a man, but all of a sudden he figures out that he's a homosexual. But, you know, what influences that? And the major for things, as you know, in the sixties and everything else like that, you know, with, you know, sex and the free love and all these things and everything's okay and we're all asexual, uh, you fell into that trap and prisons like that. If you go to prison, you got a whole bunch of men in there, and they try to play the the beastly dominant thing. Where I'm going to get you in the and I'm going to, you know, and all this other stuff, and you're going to be you're going to be my woman, you know. And, and that's usually what happens to laugh. people. Even, uh, it, but it's not just prison. It even happens on you know, and then some of these people go out and you know they get out of prison, or they were maybe grew up with this type of girlish affection. You know, and they think, oh, this is just the way I am because I just like these things like my sister did, you know, and or they were molested, you know, like I was, you know, and it didn't happen to me. I even when I had that transformation, you know, it happened to me and that that stupid thing that happened to me. I still realized I'm a man. I'm I'm not I have no affection for other men. I was a boy, you know, and didn't happen that way. It just, it still repulses me to this day that that happened, but I know that my anger and everything else that portrayed with it, that, that's not who I am. I'm a man. I was born a man. My name is Richard. You know, I got the yeah, male you, organ. You got, you got molested kind of early on in life. Yeah. And, I uh, got molested three times. That's tough. That is really hard on a kid. One of those was, you know, that had to hurt my, uh, you know, the sigmoid colon part of my life too, and that was terrible. Oh yeah, yeah, because your childhood, your childhood was bad enough as it was. I mean, without that, so you came up from some hard times. But that, you know, that was just a hard time that you know even my family doesn't really know, but I don't mind if they find out now because of the fact that. Uh, they're going to say, well, you know, how did that happen? I'm just 
I said, I've never told you, but, uh, God works things even that bad out to make you into the person that you are now, the co-host of the Iron Show. Yeah, and, and, and uh, I didn't have to go through all these psychological things or or be on drugs or be uh, mentally disabled in, in a certain way because of the fact that I refused. You know, I remember, God has always been part of that, and he had his hand on me. And that's what he, I'm saying. I'm one, I'm, I remember one time we were saying on an Iron Show that – if that didn't happen to you, you wouldn't be the person you are now. So, I mean, we can even thank God for something as bad as that because it shaped you into that radical person that's and qualified. more to, people that have more bad things happen to them than what happened to me. Oh, yeah. And it's qualified you to be the radical co-host of The Iron Show. What? Oh, yeah, baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, let's 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 play let's play some more of this, shall we? Untreated throughout my time there, and uh, we're basically I'm just looking to to heal maybe, and also because the chances of me not being homosexual anymore are slim. I, I just there's no way to really deprogram yourself, and I'm, I'm, I enjoy the company of men. I want to say something right there. There, like he said, there he said the chances of him not being homosexual anymore are slim. There's like no way to deprogram yourself. I just wanted to say that whatever the sin that's in your life or the issue that's in your life, Jesus will will take care of that for you. I mean, that's not something that you have the power to deal with, really. When you accept Jesus into your heart, He will change you from the inside out. This, these things that get worked out are by his power. Am I lying to you, Rick? No, you're not. Because, uh, you know, you have an affection. You have an affection. And, you see, people try to misunderstand affection and love and attraction and all these other things. And, first of all, at that moment, you know, you said, you know, they say they're on drugs or anything. It is like a drug that, you know, there's this, this oomph of, you know, this sexual prowess that you have that, you know, all of us have it. Even like when we, uh, most Christians fall into pornography, uh, looking at, you want to look at that, that, that woman, you know, that, uh, the woman that would do the best things for you sexually, uh, you know, and you look at it and then they watch porn and say, yeah, this is the type of woman I had. And there's no way to get out of that. And that's the same, the same thing with if your sexual prowess is for the, the same sex, this, there's nothing, there's nothing different. It, it's not different. My point is, is that Jesus will fix that for you. No, that was going there. Oh. And, and first of all, you got to come to your creator and it, it if you don't believe that Jesus is your creator yet, you will because either way you're going to meet him. So if you meet him now, that would be the best thing. And if you meet him later, you know, when you pass on this life, probably not a good thing for you. And look, at least investigate yeah. if if Jesus or if you're Jewish, Yeshua or Yahashua or Yahshua, 
you know, this person they call Jesus, the one that everybody's against in the world, the ones the Muslims don't believe. You know, look, first of all, if you listen to the beginning of this program, I, I went to the Gospel of John chapter 8. Look, look, look at how he was. He says, Jesus said, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you have no idea where I come from and where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one when he was here. He's not passing judgment on you. He's going, come, come, all you that are weary and heavy laden. That means everything. That means who you are as a person, what you struggle with what you think that you're programmed with, knock it off. That's all I got to say. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah, baby. All right. Okay, so we will hit the brakes and play some more. Surely, on a pretty regular basis, and I, I'm sure I don't know if I feel bad about it or not, because it's my sure. way of showing love and sure. in my mind. And, um, it's, it's interesting the way you said uh, uh, to deprogram yourself and you don't really oh, think yeah. it's possible. It seems like everybody's been talking to me lately about it. just wanted to kind of send me to one of these deprogramming camps to, to sure. rid me of this gay curse. But I have some really uh, good friends and I have a I have a boyfriend now who doesn't really know a lot about my past. Um, this right. is not nothing I you know want to talk about. I want to start to date someone, you know. But sure, sure. You know, um, it's interesting that you're trying to to get back to uh, religion. You said so. Uh, were you did you say you were a Jehovah's Witnesses witness yeah, was, before you went to prison? Yeah, I was uh, JW for many. For, since I was uh, 12 years old, my family. Okay, okay. and so your family is kind of... <laughs> uh, Rick's got something to say. What are you going to say? Oh, uh, I was just saying that, yeah, he was really religious, and he was in one of the harshest, uh, I don't know, uh, one of the harshest cults that uh, used Jesus, which is not the same Jesus, because he's actually St. Michael the Archangel, yeah, uh, and they have to. Oh, it, it, it's it's really terrible. That religion is a very terrible religion. And God, look what this poor person had to go through. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it's not Christianity, and they start from the foundation of Jesus not being God, and yeah, that just and messes Charles, everything up. Charles says Russell was he was also a in prison for being a crook. And, you know, that's where he learned the religion is, is of Christianity is by, by reading the Bible goes, Hey, I can create my own religion and make some more money. And right. it's, it's a con man. And I don't care what Joe, any Jehovah's Witness you listen to. The guy was a con man. He's just like Joseph Smith of the Mormon religion, a con man, just like Mohammed for those that are from Islam, a con man. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and of course, it's a big, huge religion. Look, look. What about the guy who invented Scientology? Uh, a con man. He was a reject for writing Star Trek. You know, and you know what? He invented Scientology, the religion to get out of taxes. That's why he invented it 
to cheat the IRS. That's the whole foundation for for Scientology. It's crazy crazy stuff. Isn't that crazy? But you see this poor soul right here who uh, is lost. You know, he's he's a man. He's um, he's looking for that completion in his own life. And of course, right now he's surfing. You know. Amen. To find somebody to, to fulfill his affection. Amen. But he really needs love. And Amen. He's never going to find it with another same-sex person. He's not going to find it if he meets a woman. Interesting. You know, how, interesting how, like you say, he's searching, surfing, you know, and he's looking for a Christian. He's looking for a Christian to show him some love because he's he's got a hunger for God and he's lost. He's but in a very you know, of course, you know, he's struggling with the sexual thing. And heroin. He was coming off, he was coming down off of heroin when he and, found And there us. you go. You see? And he was out looking for love. And let me tell you what. Me and Tim decided that we were going to show him some Christian love. So let me play a little. Let me, let play me, it. Play it, baby. Kind of. Uh, yeah, they've shown me completely. Ever since the sentence came down, they weren't even at the jailhouse when it happened. It was a broad shame. I don't even really understand a lot of the uh, a lot of the um, tenets. Even still, I just kind of knew what I didn't, I couldn't do. You know, it was more like knowing what you can't do instead of knowing what's right in that particular religion. So, I guess in a weird way, I started rebelling in prison because of all these freedoms started to become afforded to me. Started to what? I'm sorry, you broke up. All these freedoms. Even like in the jail, jailhouse, like prison, we even had Christmas, and I had never had Christmas before then, you know? Oh, right, yeah, right, right, right. My first first real Christmas was in jail, Mm -hmm. prison, so it was kind of interesting for me, and I'd never known anything sexual at all, I had never masturbated, I'd never masturbated, I never saw a naked woman, and then... I had seen immediately from my first week there. I had seen, man, I, I saw a man masturbating. Sure, 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 sure. sure. Yeah, no need to get into the details. <laughs> well, I know. I'm yeah. just saying. Jim's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, that's okay. Yeah. I've been never seeing it, and, and I didn't <laughs> right. have this added to my confusion. You know, it was just right. And you know, I think, <laughs> to be honest, I think you're. You know, I I, I kind of look up to you. You're extremely honest, <laughs> and you're uh, praise you're, God. Well, yeah, you're, like. you, you, you're observant. You can kind of you can really see. I, I can really see how uh, you're, you're kind of noticing these things, and, and you're and you're observing them. And even though they're taking place within you, and and it's and it's hard to do that. It's hard to have like an introspective look. And let's like, be real. Really have that, and that you know that's that's you know it's a that's a it's a it's a people don't have you know i don't personally don't know a lot about jehovah's witnesses Tim, he's great do they you know do you know who the holy spirit is like do you know about the holy spirit yeah yeah i mean yeah essentially it's uh it's a set of rules set down um see he misses it more along let's say like based in christian is christianity but it's it's in Christian primitivism. It's, 
See, he misses it. Uh, Tim asks him, do you know who the Holy Spirit is? And he goes, yeah, it's a set of rules that are laid down based in Christian primitivism. Of course. He, he totally missed it. The guy totally missed it. Do you know the Holy Spirit? Well, he's Jehovah's Witness because they believe that the Holy Spirit's a force. Okay. So it is like a set of rules even to them? A force rule. You know, if you know what force means, may the force be with you. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, and that's understandable. Uh, yeah, that's what they teach. You know, it, it means that it, we truly are dead when, uh, when we don't have Christ. We're, we're truly dead. We're walking. We're, we're the zombies of the earth. And we always talk, you know, the zombie craze. That's oh, yeah. what happens to us before Christ. We're, we're zombies. We're the dead living. Walking dead. Let the dead bury their dead. It, there it is. You see, that's how it works. And and Tim is, I, I just love his his heart oh. when he's talking to this person. And this is that's an example how we should all be, you know be exactly. Uh, my probably in the past was anger toward uh, homosexuals because yeah. of the fact that you were I molested. Was violated by homosexuals. Yeah, you were molested. You should be angry. I mean, you would be angry. Three uh, different ones. Three homosexuals, and I do have a perspective on it. I do believe that homosexuality is is beastly, just like every other sin that we do. And yeah. this guy had a couple of beasts on him. You know, he had he was a heroin addict. Yeah, that's a beast that they call it the dragon. Yeah, chasing the dragon, baby, chasing so that dragon. Beast that's with it. You, you know, never... and, and maybe some of you out there, are Christians, believe. There are spiritual influences behind it. Oh yeah, there's. You get into drugs, you get into some dark spirits. And then with homosexuality, the same thing. Oh yeah, it's all all sin has spirits attached to it. You're going to be haunted. I'm telling you what, let's play some more, baby. It's, uh, play like, uh, it's hard. It's been a while now since I even sure sure. You know, I think. I think mine, my my definition might be a little different than yours. My my definition of the Holy Spirit is uh, the Holy Spirit is God's arm here on Earth. He's uh, part of God, and he's uh, right here on Earth, and, and he's accessible to us. Uh, well, yeah, we, he can, he can, his right hand was the only true yeah. God. And, okay, yeah, and we would be with the universal sovereign. I remember that's what they used to tell us. Right, right. I would, I would, I would disagree. I would say that there is a Trinity. There's a Holy Spirit, and a Holy Spirit here on, on Earth, Lord, and uh, it, it, He can move on you. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, some of the, the the terminology that you've used in describing your own situation, uh, you know, I think you're very perceptive at, at, at identifying what you're going through in, in saying things like that you needed to that you were had 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 an interest in or at least examine the idea of deprogramming yourself you had also had a, an interest in uh it well, at, at least a curiosity about the the prospect of feeling bad about uh homosexuality um i think that the key to uh either of those uh is going to be what i'm referring to as the holy spirit um you know god you know a jehovah uh god the holy spirit uh, prayer, prayer. Um, I know that's like a corny answer, 
and and I'm not sure about a Jehovah's Witnesses' beliefs, and I'm not really sure about you know the church down the block from me's beliefs. Well, I mean, but the the my values, like the ethics of JW, is pretty much the same as Christian conservatism. Conservatism in that it's like sexual, no sex outside of marriage, gambling. Like, right, really, right, like, right. If you're like a really uptight Christian way, like no no like abortion is murder, that kind of thing. Right, right. Away from like hardcore. Yeah. What do you got? What do you got, Rick? Well, I I like you know how the person is trying to explain the. It's actually the way the world looks at Christianity as again a bunch of rules and uh, no you know no having sex before marriage and uh, all this stuff, but that's not the case. Um. That's why it's really necessary to read scripture because of the fact to see, <laughs> to see how God's mercy is. Because if you look at the great patriarchs of scripture, not just the patriarchs of the, you know, Israel, but the patriarchs of scripture like King David and King Solomon and, uh, that, the they had some, for, King David had sex outside of marriage. He had what, like, uh, four, four, no. He had like, seven, he had a lot of concubines, like 700 wives and, and he, 400 concubines. Right. Like and I mean, that's Old Testament. I don't understand how that really works, you know, if, but, how, how but that was legal. Think but about it. I don't understand that, but I know There's Jesus, well, Jesus told us we should have one. I'm sorry. I talked over you. I was going to say Jesus said we should have one wife. Yeah, well, the reason why it says it is because of the fact that the audience that he was speaking to already, they, see, they already knew. See, he was speaking to Israel. And he's speaking to us today. But, you know, if you read the scriptures, but the audience also he was speaking to is that most Israelites were raised, you know, verbally and Written, you know, with written word, what what the law was, and they knew what the, their history was, what their kings and what they've had. It, it's been all recorded. And when Jesus said, "Look, you know, <laughs> the way you're doing things is doesn't work. This is not, you know, Adam and Eve were one. He didn't. Adam didn't have Lilith. If you want to believe the Zohar." That, None of that. The Zohar didn't come until thousands of years, you know. Yeah. Later. Jewish let's mysticism. Go, let's go back to the written word of Moses now, and Job. If you want to know Job, Job, the first book of the entire Israel Bible, and let's go to that and say why Jesus said, "I made them one man and one woman," and yeah. they yeah. were supposed to marry. He united them. Right. And that the way the human race was supposed to come out was, right jesus that said was natural jesus said from the beginning it was not so you know and then he talked about one man and one woman exactly and they're not a bunch of rules regulations see n- nature has its own laws you know god set it forth when he said it was good the laws went forth and they were very very everything is is very fair law except when sin came into the world and now you know, we don't have sex with men as men, and we don't have women don't have sex with you know it. That's unnatural. It, it and that's fact. And you got to come back to the person. 
that when he said all those things, is that don't Christianity is not a bunch of rules or yeah. regulations. It's a relationship with Jesus. And it's the right way of life because you know in your heart what's right right and wrong. Right. A lot of people you lie to them. ignore it. A lot of people lie to themselves. You know, we, let's just quit lying to ourselves. You know, we do that all day, don't we? I do. Every chance I get, I think, if I was on my own, if I, didn't, if I didn't have the Holy Spirit with me, in me, no matter if I fall and if I fall into sin, because I'm a Christian, yes, but I'm, it doesn't change the fact that I'm perfect. No, you're not perfect. Neither am I. There, I mean, I, go, I stick back to Romans chapter 3. Is if you go down there and you said there is no one that does good. Not even one. Not one man except there was one. Yeah, there was. Jesus, Jesus was. He was perfect. And he, and he died. He the example to look up to. And there's not – no, we're yeah. not going to be exactly like him. No. But you know what? With his spirit, he's – through this sinful, aging, decaying life – He's going to make us that way. You know, Philippians, uh, Philippians 1, 1 through 6, Paul says, Being confident of this very thing, he that began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen! Amen, buddy. Let's listen some more here. Go. Christian values. You know. <laughs> I, 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 I hear you, brother, and I apologize for the church, if that is the, the way that you uh, see the church. As a bunch of uh, value or a bunch of uh, laws or rules, uh, it's not really what the church is supposed to be. Your relationship with God isn't based on a bunch of rules. Your relationship with God is based on your relationship with God. I believe it's a supernatural relationship to become a Christian, and it, and it and it supersedes all these rules that you know the Jehovah's Witnesses or the church down the street here are going to you know lay down for you. So, well, that being said, and I don't want to take up a lot of your time. I'm sorry, but um, oh, you don't, don't don't sweat it, man. That, 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 like, so I've got a boyfriend named Terry right now, and I, I think I'm in love with him. What a way! How does uh-huh. that how does that match up with the church that doesn't necessarily embrace well, homosexuality, think, especially not homosexual relationships? Yeah. Uh, uh, can, I, can I can I talk to him for a sec? Oh, there's me. Sure. There's me, there's me. I just want to tell you that Jesus loves you. He really, really loves you. Uh, Whatever your sin is, Jesus loves the man, and he hates the sin, of course, but Jesus really loves you, and he wants to have that one-on-one relationship with you. And he can fill that place that you're looking for in in a love relationship. And, you know, um, of course, um, you know, uh, a Christian doctrine, obviously the Bible speaks against homosexuality. It is a sin, but as so are, you know, so are a lot of other things. It's but all sin. Terry, we have such a, Terry is a, such a great person. It's not even that he's a man. He's just, he's a really well, great, great person. He's so nice to me, and he really got me back on my feet, and I wasn't with him. Because I didn't have that much money, I came out here, and I didn't have that much money. He's, I met him right away, and it's been really good and I can tell he loves me and it's just like a normal relationship you know and, and well you know um you know David David 
David in the Bible, King David, he had a friend that he loved more than the love of a woman. And that doesn't mean he had a homosexual relationship with that man, but he truly loved that man. And you can love uh, another man without having a relationship with him. There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm sure Perry is a really, really wonderful guy. Now, obviously, uh, you just need to get Get close to Jesus, ask him into your heart, and then ask the Holy Spirit to come on you. And uh, Paul tells us, he tells us this, and this is a promise. He says, um, he says, he says, being confident of this very thing, that he with, which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I mean, if you ask Jesus oh, yeah. in your heart, ask the Holy Spirit to come on you. God will solve all these. He will iron out all these sin problems for you. Well, what He's do you mean give by, you the That's part of why I'm confused. I mean, what do you mean by sin problems? Like, what exactly am I doing? That is, I mean, other than being in love with a man. I mean, what is the? I I have sin Brother, problems. Yeah, I don't judge you. You know, I don't. I, I don't judge problems. you. I've had a lot of. I've had a lot of homosexual friends. That, that it's not between you and me. This is between you and God. God's clearly Amen. said that's Amen. a sin. Just like all the other sins, just like committing adultery, you know, just like all the other sins listed, stealing, lying, all that. It's not, I don't judge you, brother. I love you, man. And Jesus loves you. Mm. So this is something that's going to become clear to you as you get closer to Jesus. This is all going to be ironed out. See, that's the first thing you need to start with because Jesus really loves you. Ask him into your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit. All these things will start to iron out. You'll see things very clearly. But that's where you need to start. So should I include Perry in this, or should it be something that... I mean, cause yes. He's part, of, he's part of my life in every way. Yes. I mean, him and I, I'm going home from work right now. And, you know, he's, we stay in the same bed, and we're totally, we stay in the same apartment. He's like my wife. The closer you get to Jesus, the less you'll want to do anything that um, that is unnatural that hurts your relationship with Him. So this isn't something between you and me. I don't judge you, brother man. I love you, but and and I'm sure Perry's the most wonderful guy you probably ever met. I've met a lot of I've met a lot of gay friends, and they're wonderful people. But I'm telling you, that's. That's something you need to start. You need to start by asking Jesus into your heart. All these issues. Is this a sin? Will this will all become clear to you as you get close to Jesus? This is what happened. Do you mind? When I came home, you have a. I just wanted to tell a story really quick. Unless, do you want to say something first, Rick? No, no, no. Go tell your story. Go ahead. Well, when I was in high school, the Iron Show is kind of um, designed after this experience, after this person. So, um, let me hey, tell wait you. Wait a minute. What about me? I'm kidding. I'm just joking. I'm just so joking. <laughs> What's up? Oh, yeah. Actually, the Iron Show is designed after Rick, but um, it's also designed. It's got the, the design behind the Iron Show is designed after this one person. Let me tell you this story. When I was 16, um, I was in high school, and there was this really scrawny, slimy punk. 
And um, he was really lewd and crude and socially unacceptable. And everybody loved him, though, because he was like, you know, like the class clown. And he was going out with the uh, head cheerleader, believe it or not, which was really – it was a really odd couple. But uh, somehow they looked right together for some strange reason. But uh, I just thought this guy, you know, was a punk. You know, I liked him. I thought he was funny, you know. Uh, but I thought he was, you know, pretty much a loser, pretty much – pretty much kind of dumb you know punk and anyway so anyway i'm out there with my girl (laughs) all right like me (laughs) so uh but anyway i'm walking down the hall um of school and it's getting late it's after school most people had left and i'm just walking down the hall talking to my girlfriend and I heard this piano music coming out of this. They had this um, main band room, which was a big band room, you know, all acoustically built. But on the side of it was almost like a, it was like a janitor's closet, a little bigger than that. And it had just had a piano in it and maybe an acoustic guitar hanging on the ceiling or on the wall, I mean. But anyway, so I'm walking down the hall and... I hear this most beautiful piano music I'd ever heard in my life. It sounded like a combination between Elton John and Liberace. I mean, it was like half totally um, uh, structured and disciplined classical mixed with kind of an Elton John melody pop style to it. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the most beautiful music I've ever heard in my life. And I wanted to see who was playing it. And I walked up and I looked in the, I looked in the door and there is that slimy punk, Don Hansen. And he's, he's, uh, he's the most brilliant genius musician that I've ever encountered in my life. And when I saw that slimy punk at the piano playing that in most intense music, I started crying. I don't know. Something about it made me cry. And, there's people, psychologists I've talked to, like Counselor Mark, that have broken that down for me. But it was a combination between slimy punk and genius that made me cry. So, okay, so here's the Iron Show. It's in my concept, in my mind, to be like Don Henson, which is a wild, punkish, you know, loud thing, yet... There's really there's a lot of depth behind it. We get real wild on the Iron Show, but if you keep listening, you know, we start going deep. And that's where I came up with uh, our Iron Show motto, kick back and listen deep. So, yes, we are punks, but we're also pseudo-intellectuals. And we know a lot about theology. Rick, Rick knows, Rick knows like everything about church history. And he knows like everything about essential salvation doctrine. He knows all about all the different views of eschatology. He knows like Rick is this fountain of knowledge, you know. And me, I've been studying the Bible, you know, for almost 30 years with J. Vernon McGee, you know. So I know quite a bit myself. And even though we're loud and wild, you know, um, we're all, we try to go deep too at the same time. We want to be the loudest, most punkiest, slimiest fringe Christian show yet at the same time. We want to try to go the deepest. So that's our attempt. But, um, anyway, that's the, the Iron Show in my mind is modeled after Don Hansen. And I'm going to tell you, I met a lot, a lot of gay people hanging out with Donnie. And, uh, you know, he, uh, I'm telling you, um, there, I, 
I never met a gay man that I didn't like. Never. There always been, you know, nice people. I just, just genuine nice people. I got a cousin that's gay, and man, he's the greatest guy I ever met. That guy, man, I would, I would want to hang out with him forever. He is just nothing but, nothing but cool. But, uh, you know, yeah, I kiss, I, you can't lie to these people. You know, I mean, I love gay people. And I, I'll have a, I've had a lot of gay friends, but, and the Iron Show, if you're gay, man, we love you, man. We do, we really do, we really love you, and Jesus loves you, but you can't lie to these people. I mean, if you read your Bible, it says that it's abomination, and I don't judge you, it's not me. I mean, this is between you and God. You know, I don't judge you, I don't have a problem with you. But, if you read your Bible, you'll find out that you can't lie to these people. It's, I mean, it's pretty clear that it's not the way to go. And that's just the way it is. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know what else to say about that. Rick? So you, you basically, you said it mostly. You said a handful. Uh, I agree with Johnny completely. Um, no matter whatever happened to me, I don't blame gay people for it happening. There was three different individuals that were like that. But... Uh, you, you just can't blame one particular sin of what happened to me. But, you know, wait a minute. Instead of me playing the victim, which I'm not, all right, uh, I have my share of sin in, uh, of what I've done to other people and myself, not in the sexual way because that would never happen. There's no. things I've done. You know, uh, I've stolen from people. I have probably beat the crap out of people and of course had the crap beat out of me but you know but let it uh, let it be known that me and rick have never molested anybody uh, <laughs> it's no. never happened My everything else though molested, but <laughs> everything know, else that's what i get for playing guitar naked but anyway yeah. <laughs> what? Let's go. Is there any proper way to be a Christian as well? Uh, to, to all the people out there, look, Christians are a bunch of sinners. This is what we are. Oh, yeah. And the thing about it is we realize we're sinners. You see, that, that's the difference. We know. And you know there's some that, yeah, that go out and judge and boast and uh, whatever things, which, you know, when you read the scriptures, see, this is what is crucial. For you as a human being, there is 66 books to read. It's not very hard. It's in all in one book. It's very easy to get. It's better than your computer or your iMac or your your smartphone or your uh, your your iPad or your tablet or you know, daily audio Bible. Man, listen to it. If you can't read it, John, I can't read. I got ADD. I listen to dailyaudiobible.com. You know, hey Rick. As you're talking, I wanted to stop you. Could you tell us the story of the Pharisee and the publican? Pharisee and the publican? Yes, please. Tell us that story. All right, let's Maybe go you it. could read that. Do you know where that is? Where is that? I know exactly where it's at. It's right here. I'm going to have Rick read that because that's so relevant to what he was saying. I mean, that's ba- basically what Rick was trying to tell there was, you. I would just say, I, I, dude, there was this... Jesus told a parable, and it's in the Gospels. It's in the Gospel of Matthew, probably chapter 18, and 
or, or Luke chapter uh, 5 or eight, 18 or basically 18. And it says this. The story is like this. I'm gonna, I, I'll probably, let me read the, I have the King James version. I'd rather read the, uh, NIV because it's easier for those that don't, you know, King James is these and the thous, and I think you really want to hear that. So, let's see. Uh, Jesus, this is the words of Jesus. It has nothing to do with me. So let, two men went up to the temple or, or to church to pray. One, a Pharisee or, you know, a priest. Or a priest, and either a tax collector, or I'll say a sinner. And the Pharisee, the Pharisee stood by him and prayed, "God, I thank you that I'm not like other people—robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like the tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all that I earn." But the tax collector or the sinner stood at a distance. Away from church, away from Christians, away from the religious of that time. And he would not even look up to heaven and beat his chest and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says, now, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God, the tax collector or the sinner. For all those who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And what that means is that, you know, what does that say to you? Homosexual, what does that say to you? Thief, prisoner, heroin addict, uh, drug addict, uh, whatever. You know, the proper position there to, is to get on your knees and say, have mercy on me, Jesus. Please have mercy on me. That's the position you need to be in. And remember, remember what you said, those who humble themselves and realize. You know, my only boasting is, I thank you, Jesus, that I'm not any worse than I already am. <laughs> Do you mind, uh, buddy, what's your name? Uh, yeah, you should pray for him. We're getting to the good part what, here, baby. Name? Ted. Ted? Yeah. Ted. Okay, cool. Um, my name is Tim, and you're talking, of course, to Johnny. Um, yeah, do you mind? The it, there's a. There's a. Ch- <laughs> I'm so. Dude, you crack me up, Johnny. I'm glad you're here. Um, Ted. Ted. Uh, one of the traditions of our show is that we pray for people when they call in. Oh, do you yeah. mind if I pray for you right now? Tim's the greatest. Sure. Listen to this man pray. Sure. Pray. Okay. Great. <clears throat> Dear Lord. Um, I ask for some help with this prayer, Lord. Lord, I, I just ask that, uh, you know, we come, we come to you, uh, just a, a couple of three guys here who are, uh, interested in, in finding out, uh, more about you, Lord. Now, I'm gonna stop the, I'm gonna stop his prayer right here because <clears throat> I wanted to explain what's going on here in the session. So, um, so, Tim, who's like the greatest uh, prayer that I've ever heard. I mean, he's really got a heart for God. Tim, he's a real Christian, man. I look up to that guy. But um, what's going on is, so Tim is asking the guy, can I pray for you? You know, Ted, the guy that called in, coming down off heroin, he's gay. And 
So Tim says, or Ted says, yeah. So Tim starts praying for him. While Tim is praying for him, the guy's boyfriend comes home, Terry, and he's angry. And he goes and locks him in the bathroom. So anyway, let me continue playing this. Let's listen to uh, Tim's prayer, and you'll hear it being interrupted when the guy's boyfriend Whoa. comes Yeah, the guy's boyfriend comes home, and he's angry. Listen. Lord, we are interested in, in answering uh, many questions in our lives, Lord, and just getting to know you better. Lord, I know that um, I, I don't know enough about you, Lord, and I, I just pray that you would teach me and show me your ways, Lord. I pray that you would show me how to grow in purity and spirit in you, Lord, that you would grow in purity and spirit in me, Lord, and that I would become uh, less like me and that, that that you would would live through me, uh, Lord. I also pray for uh, my brother Ted here, Lord. As, as Ted is just, he, he's a little confused, Lord, and he, and he and he's calling in and he's asking questions, Lord. And I, he's hungry. He has questions, Lord. I know that uh, that uh, your Holy Spirit, Lord. I know that your Holy Spirit is 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 already uh, talking to him and, and, and dealing with his heart. Lord, I pray for his heart. Lord, I pray for Ted's heart, Lord. I know that there, uh, it sounds like that there's some hurt there, Lord. I know that his family has turned away from him, Lord. Lord, I know uh, personally what it feels like to have your family turn away from you because of your actions, Lord. Lord, um, I, I, I just pray for his family that, that, that they would come back to him, Lord, that they would learn to forgive him for the for uh, the things that he has done. Lord, I, I pray that you would lay it on Ted's heart, Lord, that you will forgive him for the things that he has done, Lord, no matter what it was, Lord, no matter if it's, you know, the crimes that he did to get into jail, Lord, or the, or the, or the lying or the sin or the homosexual nature that he has now, Lord. I know that you will forgive him, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would just lay that on his heart, Lord. Lord, work on his heart. Lord, I, I just ask that, um, that you comfort him, Lord. Lord, send your comforter. Lord, give him peace. Lord, he's hungry. Lord, he's looking for answers. Lord, pray that you would please, please give my friend Ted my brother Ted here, some answers to his questions, Lord. Make them evident in his life, Lord. Use the people in his life to answer these questions. Use, Hello? Use the, Hello? Hello, this is Terry. Who's this? Hi, Perry. This is Johnny and, and, and Tim. Who, who, is, who is he? Who, what is this? What is this going on here right now? I was well, actually in the, I was, I was in the middle of praying actually just now. Yeah, and your brother, your brother Ted, he's he's just interested in Jesus, and he's just asking us, you know, about I you know. For Jesus. what? He's perfect. What, are you, what is it? Yeah, we know. What is going on here? What, I we know. We don't judge. We don't judge you. We don't judge him. I, you know, listen. I I told him that not to um um do this uh, anymore because he's talk, he's talking about his family and it, it it makes me nervous because I think he's going to try and find them and then he's going to leave me. Uh, is this, no, it's is, not about that. He just wants to What's know that? about Jesus. We're telling him about Jesus. That's all there is to this. We're not talking about your life or anything. It, it That's like all. He, he always calls these shows though. He always calls me. Who is? Well, who is, what show is this now? Well, what, 
He has a hunger for God. It happens. You know? And we're here to show him love. And, you know, we're not here to judge him. Uh, he's got questions about Jesus. We're going to answer him. And we're just here to show him home, love. When you come home from work and you see him on the phone in front of the computer, you wonder what's going on here. Well... We're not here to break up anything. We're just, he's, he's, he's hungry for God. We're here to give him answers. We're not here to judge you or him. We're just here well, to show I'm him here love. To save me, too. Would you know? Is this, what, is this a package deal? What is going on here? I don't even know what religion you guys are. What is We're just Christians, plain old Christians. We fo- follow Jesus. That's all we do. Oh, all we do. I told you to, hold on. I told you to get back in the, go in the bathroom. You have gotten Ted. Ted has just, just literally, like, just kicked heroin. Okay? That's the reality of it. He is still on a kick. He has left jail. I don't know if he told you the whole story, but he left prison in Kansas, came here. And uh, he's still on a kick. He was still, he just literally got off, like, a week ago. It sounds like a great time to find God. You know, you've yeah. got a, he's, yeah. got, he's got a new oh, life. He's, he's fresh out of prison. It sounds like a great time to... Great time. We're hungry for, for spirituality, and we were just trying to answer some of his questions. But he is yes. still weak. He is, I'm supporting him right now, and I think that when he does things like this, it seems like he, he's trying to... He, he um, made that evident that you were supporting him. He made it yes. very evident how thankful he was. So. What did he talk about how wonderful a guy you were, and we believe him. We believe you're a wonderful guy. Did he really? Yeah. yeah really? He did. He did. We do. Oh. Oh, yeah, he's crazy about Jesus. You wanted to know about Jesus, and we were asking for this question. If you knew Ted, what a strong person Ted was, you would love him, too. Yeah, I can tell already. We already do. You would love... Ted, come here. I'm going to put on. Ted, Ted, Ted. Ted's not talking to me right now, but I understand. And it was so nice of you, him, to say that. You see, um, you know, when we when we approached this situation with love, we had this guy. He's angry. The boyfriend comes home. He finds his uh, he finds his lover on the phone with a bunch of Christians on some show. He hates it when he does that because you know they're he's afraid that that, that Ted's going to leave him and turn into a Christian, and he's going to have these Christians giving him all this guilt trip. And anyway, did you see how it turned around? When I told him that um, that Ted was talking about him, what a wonderful guy that he was. Did you, did you see that? He was like, did he really? Oh, that's so nice. Did he really? Oh, I love Ted so much. And we kept that guy on the phone because we showed him love. Now, if what if you approached him differently as some uh, fire and brimstone guy, the guy would have hung up on you. He would have hung up. You know, love is the key to reaching out to a sinful world. Am I lying to you, Rick? Very true, because, you see, when you want to approach the hell and fire damnation, you guide them through it. You don't shout. You don't... It's where uh, people misunderstood George Whitfield. Is He wasn't that. And John uh, Jonathan Edwards is... They say that there were the hellfire preachers, and some people just grabbed onto that and said, You're going to hell! You know, and let me tell you something. The example that Johnny and uh, Tim showed 
is exactly what all sinners want to hear. Uh, you know, they, they all want to hear this. You know, we, we have a, a world, like I said, for God so loved the world, right? And there's one reason why God loved the world because each and every, you know, all of us in creation, we have that aching heart. We have that heart and that conscience that he gave us. And we don't, you know, what's going to turn us off is that, you know, when people preach that God is this, you know, the Old Testament God, you know. And, yeah, God has his standards and his statutes. But when Jesus came down, he showed what these things were. And he's been telling it throughout history why he did, he said, there's these things that are there. They're already there that they were written. They were already set in stone. And then Jesus didn't even, he, not, he didn't even break one of them. Especially, again, we go back to John chapter 8. What did he say to the prostitute? Or let me say, the one that was committing that sin. Sexual sin. It doesn't matter what it is. It, you know, we don't have to go through that because we know what this program is about. And what did he say? He's, you know, after he told everybody that was accusing the prostitute, you're going to hell. We're going to stone you to death. You know, and what did Jesus say? Look, any of you that are accusing her, this is the creator now saying this to those that, you know, that he set forth in this, the statutes. And when they left and they dropped their stones and from the old to the new, look what happened. Jesus and the sinner, the one that sinned against God now, God, wasn't sinning against the people, sinned against God. She was sinning yeah. against Jesus, yet Guess he what? did not condemn her. And he says, is anybody here to condemn you any longer? Neither do I. You know, what? there's a, do you know about the legend that when Jesus, you know, you know, they're, they're, they got the stones, they're ready to kill her, right? And Jesus starts writing in the dirt, right? Yeah. There's this legend that goes back in history about what Jesus was doing when he was writing in the dirt. He was writing the names of all the women that these guys with the rocks had committed adultery with. And one by one, they dropped their rocks, right? Because he would like write the name of the woman that the dude was cheating with, you know, having an affair with. And they'd drop the rock and just freak out and walk away. That's a legend, though. I mean, that's not scripture. Yeah, we don't know what he was writing. No, no, we don't. Whatever he was writing... In the sand, <laughs> it must have pissed off all the pharaohs. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it must have. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, I'm sure you're a heck of a good guy. So I, no. I, I want. So I scare. I'm so because he's a great person, and I'm just so scared for him. He's a, in, it, when you get off heroin, I don't know if you, you guys have ever done that, but when you get off heroin, um, you are a child. You become a baby. And he is a baby right now. He shouldn't even have a phone. He should, he should just be sleeping. And when I see him come home and I see him looking like he's going to run away and on the phone, you know, with, with talking to whoever. You know, you're not, really you know, the, you're not his, you don't, you know, you don't run his life. <laughs> you're well, not his maker. Just that, 
Excuse me, I don't run his life, but I care about him, and we're in a relationship. I know that offends you where that we're in a relationship. I'm sorry. I'm not a domineering. I was going to say, you know, it didn't offend us. I mean, uh, me and Tim, we weren't offended by the gay relationship. I mean, yeah, we know that the Bible speaks against it, but me and Tim, on a personal level, we were not offended by these guys. We were there to try to show them love and to try to bring Jesus into their hearts, you know. And uh, you know what? I'm going to tell you what, the listener, whatever your sin is, you know, I am personally, I am not offended at you. I am not offended by you. Whatever thing that you've got going on that's wrong in your life, whatever sin you're dealing with, that's between you and God. So I just wanted you to know that. On the Iron Show, we're not offended. Me and Rick are not offended at you, are we? I'm not, I'm not offended by it. Uh, you know, to tell you the truth though, in all naturalness, it does make me, uh, it, I see it and it does make me go, you know. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't I mean, like it. I gotta, I, I, I get, you know, it, it does, cause I look at it and I go, I know, you know, it's not normal. It's not huh. natural and it just, it's. Yeah, personally, it grosses me out a little, um, but you uh, know what? I don't see it happening, you know, I don't see them but having their again, sex. But again, it grosses so. me out when I see someone mainlining. Yeah. It grosses me out when yeah, I see shooting heroin. That grosses uh, me out when I see someone beat the crap out of somebody. It yeah, that offends me. I, you know, I see someone shot. Yeah, yeah, that offends me. You know what offends me? Really offends me is Christians that think they're better than everybody else and look down their noses. I'm telling you, that's a bad. That's a bad witness for God. I mean, those guys at the Westboro Baptist Church uh, showing all them signs, you know, God hates gays. I mean, that is that offends me. Mean people offend me. Gay people don't offend me. Zealots offend, you know. Uh, That offends me. Offend me because of the fact that they're zealous and they want to, you know, they want to kill you. They want to kill homosexuals. They're doing exactly what Christians should not represent. Exactly. We're not religious people. Christians are not religious people. You can definitely know what a Christian is when he looks at you with compassion. He, uh, it, no matter amen. what it is, it's not really the people that, you know, when you have the homosexual parades, which, you know, which is unnecessary, you know, it does, you don't need to, that's a pride that you don't need to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, being proud of your sin—that's that's definitely even worse than you the know, sin itself, you know. Affecting children, uh, wanting to teach it in schools. Yeah, I mean, uh, why if, would you do if that? If you have a private life, you know, you're not doing it. You know, if you're doing it privately, I know, I know, I, I know a few gay people that cannot stand other gay people at yeah. all because of the fact that you go out and try to change society. And, uh, right. I mean, those that, guys want to keep it private. You know, that I doesn't, mean, that does, if you're gay and you come up to me and start talking to me, I am not offended at you. I want to share Jesus with you, you know, because that's what it's all about. The only hope you have is Jesus. And that's for any of us, me, Rick, all you listeners, get your only hope. Let's play some more here, baby. Yeah. Yeah, you're concerned about him. You guys are really tight friends, you know, and and he he was just calling us. He's got to – when people come to this place, wanted somebody to show him some love, and we're here to do that. 
You know, Christians will love each other. We're here to love on people. I'm here to love on Ted, and that's what I've been doing. And I don't know why he has to seek love elsewhere. Because he needs not God. People love. Need more. Yeah. We need more than friends. We need. We at, at some point we need our God. We need that relationship. Well, you need true. God too, man. Not just Ted. I need God. I've got a. I've got a great job, and I live in a, a great. City. <laughs> well, okay, in, the, in the United States of America, that might feel like you don't need a God, but in most of the rest of the world, when you don't have those things, you you feel like you need a God. Well, I in your that, life. Your life is probably great, but you don't have that answer for death. That's, this is all good on this side of the grave, but what happens? What, what happens? Uh, what happens when you're below ground? That's where the answers come in. That's nobody where you know. Nobody knows what happens when you're below ground. I do. I mean, it is all. It is all. It is I, all. I know. Um, hearsay. I know. Oh, know. To die and then the judgment. Oh, so I know what happens, but that's what I mean. Am I in? Uh, uh, People like Ted don't need judgment. People like See, okay, there we go. I wanted to stop there. Um, what does it say? What does it say? A man appoint, is appointed once to die and then the judgment. Yeah. What, what did Jesus say? John three eighteen. Anyone who believes in me is not condemned. But he who doesn't believe in me is, is condemned, condemned already. already. Amen. So, you can't. He, of course, look, he's coming on the side where he's trying to, Ted is the only one that I love. And it's, no, uh, that's who you have as a possession. Yeah. And uh, love does not possess. That's right. That's a good point. Amen to that. Love does not possess. It doesn't no, love, seek to love own. Love is patient. Yes. Love is kind. It knows no wrongdoing. It knows no selfishness. It's long it's, suffering. It's long. Yeah, there you go. See, keep it going. I mean, it, it goes on and on. It's not we boastful. To, I mean, yeah, it's not proud. Yeah, you, you know, know. It, keep it going. You know, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I spoke like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And now, now we see things in, imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything is completely, just as God knows, God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever. And what is that, Johnny? Faith, hope, and love. And of these three, the greatest is love. There you go. Yeah, I like the King James the way it flows better. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I spoke like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Yeah. And as for now, we see as through a glass darkly. But then, face to face. For now, I only know in part. But then, I will know, even as I am known. To break that down, he says, Paul says, uh, for now we see as through a glass darkly. And he's talking about the way we see reality and 
the spirit world and, and our faith. We're looking through a glass that's all tinted and dirty and we're trying to see the other side and we, we can't. We only, we only see shapes and shadows through that dark glass. That's our understanding and the way we see everything. He goes, but then he goes, he goes, um, after that he goes, now, he goes, for now, for now, we see us through a glass darkly. He goes, but then he's talking about when we're with Jesus in heaven, we'll see everything face to face without that dark glass between to obscure everything. Then he goes, for now, I only see in part. Paul's saying, I only really understand part of the whole story of of reality and the spirit world and heaven and Jesus. He goes, but then and of love. And of love, and of love, and of love. Let's keep it in context, too. He goes, but then I will know. He's talking about then is when I'm with Jesus in heaven. I will know, even like Jesus knows me now. So, you know what? I mean, it's so important to realize that right now, we don't have all the answers. It's because we're looking through that glass darkly. And we want to know. We want to know. We want to know. But I'm going to tell you what. Here's a promise right there. That we want to know. We want to know. Someday we will know. Am I lying to you, Rick? No, you're not lying. And God, I sure want to know. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. Let's play some more. Ted need love. You're being judgmental right now, a little bit. No, we're not judging no, I, I'm saying God will at the end of life. I'm not God saying I'm judge judgmental. Me. God will judge he's me. Gonna judge, no, he's, he's going to judge me, exactly. How can I judge yeah, you when I'm a sinner? We're, exactly. we're different kinds of Christians that you run into mostly. We just have, want that relationship with Jesus. How can I judge you when I'm a sinner? That's what Rick just said. Man, that's important. I'm going to tell you what. Let's listen to some more. That's all we want. We just want to get closer to God. We're not here to judge you or tell you how to live. Well, it's just we, when you tell me that I need God and you've never even met me before. Well, but, but I, I, I would say everyone needs God. Now, I want to interrupt it right there because here is the miracle. The Holy Spirit comes in and uh, Tim asks this guy, this raging gay guy, if he can pray for him. Right? Because this guy, I mean, he he's about to hang up. But the Holy Spirit, I really believe, was there. And he was really working through Tim. the whole time, bro. I know. I mean, but you know what I mean? I mean, he was there really acting in front of our face so that we could see it. That's what I'm trying to say. He was acting on that guy. Yeah. And he was acting on Tim because Tim, obviously, Tim was... in the bathroom, I bet. Yeah, well, okay, so, yeah, so we're talking hey, to this guy, and... If I was Tim, I would be crying in the bathroom. I was crying when I, met, when I no, came back, to the, when the Lord took me out, I was like, whoa, God! Ted, Ted, Ted was crying in the bathroom. I Tim is the crying. guy I was with. Now, Tim, for those that you who don't know, he is the star of Revelations Radio News, uh, revelationsradionews.com, and uh, also Revelations Radio News on the Revelations Radio Network, revelationsradionetwork.com. That's Chris White's Revelationsradionetwork.com. So, yeah, this is Tim back in history before he became a star. Me and Tim go way back, Tim Kilkenny. So anyway, I'm just wanna, I just want to say that it's such a miracle here. Because the Holy Spirit was acting right in front of our face because it allowed, it allowed Tim, 
and this and was acting on this guy and allowed Tim to be able to pray for this angry gay guy. So, I mean, check this out. This is the most beautiful prayer. I mean, you know what? I run across Christians here and there all over the place. And yeah, I mean, if you tell me you believe in Jesus, you're a Christian. But let me tell you what something about Tim. That guy, he's a real Christian, the kind you read about from time to time. So uh, let me play this here. You're you know, a human being. What, you know, your name, your name was Perry, sir? Perry, with a T. Perry. You know, it's a treasure. It's it's, oh, it's Terry with a T? Yeah. Oh, I'm very sorry. I apologize. Um, my, uh, this is the Tim and Mike show. I'm Tim. <laughs> and uh, on the Tim and Mike show, when people call in, we usually pray for them. And we were actually just in the middle of praying for uh, Ted there. So oh, did uh, I interrupt it, the prayer when I came home? You, you did interrupt the prayer, but it's cool. We can pray for you. Now you're on the phone. Is that cool? Is it cool if we pray for you? Okay, but only if you can tell me why you want to pray for me right now. Because I don't think, I don't feel, but I don't even feel like I need to be prayed for. I feel like for my job, I'm in love, and I have a good job, and I, you know, and every I can afford everything. I mean, I'm making, like, money out the Wahoo right now. Right. But you're alive. But you're alive. See? That's all good while you're alive. So you, you don't need prayer because you have money. Well, I mean, it helps. Money too. <laughs> so so money helps. That's cool. So do you think prayer would hurt? I mean, is prayer going to hurt you? Is it, you know it going to hurt? I will. I Ted, we let us. Let me hold on. Let me get Ted over. Can I get you do mind wait, waiting for just a moment because I need to go into the bathroom and get Ted. Okay, because he needs to be Because <laughs> Ted's locked okay, in the bathroom. Ted. <laughs> Ted, oh, Ted, come here, Johnny. Come here. Come here. Come here. Yes, sir. I love you, man. Hey, hey, come here. Let's just ask Jesus to, to, to reveal himself to them. To okay. show himself to them. Make him make himself real. Yeah, thanks for, be, thanks for being Hello. here, Johnny. Hello? Hello. Hey, what's up, man? How are you doing? Mr. Two? I'm sorry about, um... No, this is great. Uh, it's an honor to meet you guys. I can tell you, you guys are great people. No, I should... Um... No, it's just that, uh... No, it's just that... Very good. Sure, sure. Rick cannot resist picking up the old acoustic there and jamming out. A little entertainment for you. You know, we play guitars on the Iron Show. Okay, we're going to get blacky over here. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Got a pick in my mouth. Go, go, we're right here. Play it. Give me that blues. Come on, play something I can lead to.
Jesus, take me home. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah, I love it. Okay, let's play some more. Okay. I didn't even know what was going on because I couldn't hear you anymore. <laughs> All right, well, we got it on the recording. I didn't do too bad for just picking up my guitar blackies all untuned and stuff. That was... I couldn't even hear you, though. Oh, you couldn't hear my solos? I couldn't hear anything that you were doing. I okay, well, until I could hear you. Oh, you'll hear it on the. You'll get it on the recording. It was <laughs> pretty <laughs> cool. It turned so out pretty cool, man. <laughs> Hey, I didn't even get to hear, uh, it started cutting out when the guy was going, well, I got money. And you guys go, I want to pray for you. And he was like, you know what? You got money, but you don't want, you don't want prayer? What? You know? Right. And then all of a sudden it just started going. Oh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll get it right here. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, here, here we are, and, uh, this guy, we wanna, Tim wants to pray for the guy, and he's like, why don't, why don't I need prayer? Once you, I'll, I'll do it if you tell me why I need prayer. And we're like, everybody needs prayer. Tim's like, everybody needs prayer. He goes, I don't need prayer. I got money up, I'm making money up the wahoo. You know, and, uh, I, you know, and uh, Tim's like, oh, you got money. Well, that's nice. Money helps, but. So, anyway, let's, let's continue. Let's continue listening. All right, let's go. I was waiting. Perry's cool. Perry's cool. Perry's cool. I like that guy. He's a good. He's a good guy. I like him. I can tell he's he's a good man. He's, he's good. I, I can I, see why you like him so much. I love him very much. I do. Good man. We just wanted to pray. We wanted to pray that that God would reveal Himself to you. That Jesus would show uh, that that He's real to you. That he would uh, make it uh, come into your life and actually show you both that there's no doubt that he's real. Could you pray that, Tim? Sorry, I can. I can. You want to do a prayer? This is a beautiful prayer. Listen. All right. Let's do, this. Let's do the prayer. Let's do it. He's right here. Oh, okay. Cool. Dear Lord, we we come to you as as four sinners. There's four sinners who are standing before you, Lord, in your holy, holy throne room, Lord. Lord, I just ask that you would help us to understand you better, Lord. I, I pray that you would reveal yourself to each each of the four of us better right now, Lord, right now. I pray that your Holy Spirit would move on each of our hearts, Lord. And that you would really move upon each one of us. Lord, we know that, uh, these, that, that Terry and Ted are, are, are good guys. Lord, we know that they uh, have questions, Lord. Um, and and that we know that Ted has questions, Lord. And, and we know that Terry is, is a, is, has, helped, has helped Ted. Lord, we're asking you for a kind of help that uh, no no man can give, Lord. We're asking for answers to eternal questions. Lord, we're just asking for your Holy Spirit, for your for the Comforter, Lord. Please send the Comforter here to be amongst us, Lord, and, and help me with this prayer, Lord. Lord, I pray that uh, your that your Holy Spirit would not only move 
on us, but would, would guide our lives, Lord. Lord, I fully submit my life to you, Lord, and I pray that you would guide my life with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would also guide each of the three of these gentlemen's lives as well. Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself to him, to, the, to, to Ted, to Terry, to Johnny, and to me, to each and every person that listens to this, and I just pray that you would guide our lives. Lord, show us where you want us. Take us to where you need us. Help us to have a conviction for the things that we have done wrong for our sins, Lord. Lord, I know I have sinned probably more than most men, Lord. And Lord, I, I, I thank you for a conviction of sins, Lord, and I thank you for a heart of repentance, Lord. And first and foremost, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of my sins. Lord, I know that even if I was to, you know, had, had killed somebody or, or done a, any, you know, what is considered enormous atrocity in this day and age, you know, whatever it may be, Lord, I know that to you it doesn't matter. But to you, as long as I believe in your Son, Jesus Christ, that you will send him and that we can have a personal relationship with him. And I just pray that you would give each one of these gentlemen that relationship that you have with that I have with you to each one of them, that they would know your love, that they would know your peace, and that they would know your forgiveness, and how much you really care for them, how much you really care for them, how you know about each hair that's on their head, and how you created them in your own image, and how we are infected with a cancer called sin, and that you are the only answer for it. Lord, Amen. I pray that you would reveal to all three of my brothers this thing, Lord, this wonderful relationship, this amazing thing that you've done, this regenerative work, this supernatural thing that you've done to my life, Lord. I can never repay you or hope to, Lord. I just pray that you take my life wherever you want it to go, Lord. And I pray that you would do the same for these three gentlemen, Lord, and that they would come to a knowledge and saving grace of Jesus Christ, Lord, that they would know who you are, Lord, that they would feel your peace. Lord, we know your yoke is easy and your burden is light, Lord. I ask that you cast that we cast all of these cares of this silly, superficial world aside. All these stresses, Lord, I ask that you cast aside the, the bonds of heroin addiction. Lord, I ask that you cast aside the worries of lost family members. Lord, I ask that you cast aside the memories of prison. Lord, I ask that you cast all these things aside, Lord, and that you give us, Ted, and us... A, a yoke that is easy and a burden that is light Lord I've done many things in my life and you know I've done you know major things you know drug use and, and sexual perversion and, 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 and alcoholism and just just you know just really mean things fighting and stealing and just Horrible things, Lord, and I, 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 
I truly am embarrassed, Lord, but more importantly, I thank you for forgiving me. Lord, forgive me of those. I know that you can forgive anybody for anything as long as they come to you with a true heart and a true heart of repentance, Lord. And I thank you. Please, please forgive me. Lord, I pray that each of these three gentlemen, Lord, Johnny, Terry, and Ted, that they would also come to you, Lord, with a heart of forgiveness, Lord, with a heart of repentance, Lord, that you would forgive them. Lord, that as the supernatural relationship that I've, that I've asked for for them, as it begins to grow, Lord, that they would have conviction of their sins, Lord, and that they would grow a heart of repentance, Lord, that they would come closer to you, the creator of the entire universe. An amazing, amazing ability, an amazing uh, opportunity that you've given us, Lord. I just pray that that I don't I thank you for not letting me miss it Lord and I pray that none of these three gentlemen miss that opportunity to have a personal relationship with the creator of the universe Lord Lord I know that after this prayer you know emotions will be running high and hopefully in a positive light Lord but I pray that you would send your comforter to sit with each one of the four of us after this prayer Lord that you would be there to, to to respond to the questions of our hearts, Lord, that are, that are, that are responded by this prayer, Lord. That are responded by this prayer, Lord. I, I thank you for hearing us. I thank you that, as the Creator of the universe, that you took the time to talk to a lowly sinner like me and a couple of my friends. Amen. And I just pray that you would hear my prayer. I, I pray that you would hear my prayer and, and help my brothers and, and forgive me. Forgive, forgive me, me for, Jesus. For my sins. Forgive me, Jesus. Have mercy on me. In the holy me. name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. I'd like to, say, I'd like to ask, um, Father, please, please uh, show yourself, Jesus, show yourself in uh, Terry and Ted's life Show yourself to them and make yourself so real that they cannot deny your supernatural presence. Reveal yourself to them, Jesus. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. I'm telling you what, man. That's all my prayer is. Working I just with... want I just want Jesus to show them show himself in their lives. Show Paul, are you there? To me. He will. Hello. He will. Hello. And he will. Hey, all right, Terry. Hey, this is Carrie. All right. Nice meeting you. Hey, that was one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard, really. Um, Ted Ted was laying on the couch next to me. Um, He was crying. He doesn't want to talk on the phone, but he really um, just told me a lot while you were talking and we were just listening to you guys. And our phone, we didn't realize our phone had died and we were listening to the... uh, um, Anyway, uh, I'm really emotional about it. I, I just have to apologize for, for getting mad at you guys when I got on the phone. I, I pulled the phone out of Ted's hand, and I shouldn't have done that. And I'm glad you prayed for both of us. I need to work on my anger, and I, I just need to realize that Ted is, is a beautiful person and a strong yep. person. And, um, I love you, too. I love you, too. I love you, too, Ted, so much. 
Oh. And we love you guys too, man. You guys are welcome here. Any, we're always here. Yeah, I would encourage everybody to go to Revelation Radio Network too and listen to Tim Kilkenny because uh, he's out there. He's famous now. He does Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman uh, pretty much once a week, once every two weeks. That's uh, RevelationsRadioNews.com, RevelationsRadioNetwork.com. Also go to WorldNetDaily.com if you want your regular news. <laughs> yep, yep, WorldNetDaily. Yeah, go. so you don't have to listen to – so you can kind of – and then go to the Debka. Oh, yeah. or it's called the Debka. There we go. Bible. Now we're going yeah. all over. Let's listen to some more here of this. Go. I, I just, I would really, I, would re- I just think we need to finally accept that we are t- placing our physical and our physical love ahead of of any anything that involves Jesus, and we need. Did you hear that? Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what Terry said? Yeah, I heard what he said. He said, I think we need to, um, we need to quit placing our physical desires ahead of anything relationship that we have with Jesus. Let me play that again. I'm going to back it up a little bit. Play it and then play it loud. Okay. Watch what, watch the reality of Christ right here on the Iron Show. All right, here we go. And we love you guys too, man. You guys are welcome here. Any, we're always here Wednesday nights, you know. You guys are always welcome to hang out with us, you know. I, I just, I would really, I, would re- I just think we need to finally accept that we are t- placing our physical and our physical love ahead of of any anything that involves Jesus, and we need to change that. I think Ted is really scared of that life again, you know, and um, he. We need to, we need to work together. I love you. I love you so much. Did you hear that? That is absolutely incredible. We came in there. This guy, he's coming down off heroin. He's hurting. He's in that dark place. He's searching for some love. He's trying to find a Christian show where people can love on him because he is, you know, when you get in that dark place, Jesus is the only answer and he knew it. He knew it inside and he went seeking for it. And, and don't when, forget Terry. And Terry also, well, he came in raging, but, but it's Tim, a dark place too because you said he had money, he had all these things. He he was not a heroin addict. He was probably a sober guy, and all of a sudden, you know, he has the the benefits of being, you know, doing really well, you know. And uh, God, I got everything. I got everything going for me. I got a nice place. I got. All these things, uh, uh, great job, great car. Uh, you know, I'm basically normal in a sense. But, but it's still a dark place. Yeah, but um, there's still that hole. You know, there's a hole in your heart that Jesus can only fill. He's the only one that can get that place that you need. And you're going to get to that place. I don't know. You know, if you're listening now, you know, I'm glad you're here and everything. Listen to the Iron Show. You're not a Christian. But I'm telling you what, you know there's that hole in your heart that only Jesus can fill that spot, that empty place. You know, only Jesus can come in and kill that emptiness. He's the only one. So, um, you know, if you could pray with me, Jesus, I'm just going to take you at your word. I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you're God in the flesh. I believe that you died for my sins. 
And I believe that you rose from the dead. And if you could pray that prayer with me right now, right there, could you do that with me? Because that's your salvation moment right here. You can be saved for eternity right here, right now. Jesus, I believe that you're God. I believe that you were God in the flesh, the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins, and I believe that you rose from the dead. In the prayer that you prayed to him as Johnny was praying, uh, it's very true, but you have to believe it. You have to realize in your life that with all your heart that this is what you really need. This is all you need, and but everything if, else will fall into place. If you don't but believe what, it in your heart, can't you ask Jesus to give you faith? You can also, yeah, you can say, Jesus, if you're real. Somehow, some way, whatever way you're going to do it, reveal yourself to me. I, I really want to believe that you're going to save me from death. You're going to save me from, you're going to give me what I need. You're going to give me what I need, uh, what I really need. You know what you really need. It's not the great job, the great car, drugs, the love of, even love of a man or a love of a woman. Nothing fills that emptiness. You still got the, the emptiness. The point is there. It's just there's a big empty you know, place. You have your heart, but it's, it's, the emptiness means that basically that there's a deadness there. Yes. That you Thank know you. that you're born, but you know we're dying. But there's, a, in between that, there's, it's like you're dead the whole way. There's a deadness. And what Jesus does is he, he gives you a life. He puts life into you. And we finally, it's like, that's what it means by born again. He gives you life. Even though, that, yes, you were born, you can scientifically try to explain all these things. But this is nothing, you know, this is what true nature is. True nature. Sinless nature. This is what is part of natural law anyway. That's kind of what is different. It's, and he fills this void that you, you, you thirst for. He says, if anybody comes to me that are thirsty, I will give you the water of life. The water of life. And just like we need water, but this is for the spirit. This is the spirit. In John chapter 4, he spoke to the Samaritan woman. And he says, can you give me a drink? And she says, you a Jew, talk to me a Samaritan. He says, well, if you know the water that I have to give to you will give you life. Water of life. And she says, can I have this water instead of having to draw yeah. it from the well? She's like, Jesus, give me this water. I want that. Because if you drink water, the water that I give you, you'll never, never be. thirst. Yeah. If I give you that water, you'll never thirst again. She's like, give me that water. I feel the same way. Jesus, give me that water, that living water. Please. I want some. You know, uh, you know, it says uh, in John, it says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and that God has raised him from the dead and you will be saved. The thing about it is he was raised from the dead. Why are we still speaking about him if he wasn't? And you say, Jesus, I want to know you. I just, I just want to know you. I want to know who you really are. I want to know why so many of these other people 
you know, that are so-called Christians, why do they believe in you so much? Why these, why these people would die for you in the right sense? Why they would, you know, give everything they have just to follow you? Which is different than any other religion in the world. Just give up. Yeah, let go and let let go and let God. When you see him. Yeah, let go. When you see him. Just just all you have to do is just ask him. Ask him. Sit there. Jesus, who are you? You know, I never heard of any story of anybody who asked Jesus to reveal himself to them and, and make himself real in their life. I've never heard any story of where that didn't happen. I've always heard the stories of like, whoa. As soon as I prayed that prayer the next day, all of a sudden this happened and that happened and this happened. And I knew that God was working in my life. I knew Jesus was real. He showed himself to me. I've always, you know, ask, say, Jesus, show yourself to me. Reveal yourself to me. And, uh. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah, baby. All right. I want to thank, I want to thank Bruce Collins. Because the Iron Show is on the Fringe Radio Network at the behest of Bruce Collins. Oh yeah, Bruce Collins. Yeah, I want to thank uh, Peter Goodgame and Dr. Future for early inspiration. I want to thank from the bottom of my heart my co-host Rick. Because man, there is nobody who can co-host the Iron Show like Rick White. He is my man. And uh, I am so... I am so honored to be in your ear for four years. Now, if you want to hear more Iron Show sessions, go to ironshow.com. That's ironshow.com. That's ironshow.com. Fringeradionetwork.com. We are broadcasting through a fleet of Shoutcast and Icecast servers live all over the world, streaming all over the world from London, England. Revelations Radio Network, revelationsradionews.com, revelationsradionetwork.com. All right. Johnny loves you, Tim. And the listener, Johnny loves you.